The Steelers played the fool. Yep, they let Antonio Brown walk all over him, and now Antonio has about $20 million more in guaranteed money than he had on Friday. Steelers are down an all-pro future Hall of Fame uh, receiver, and they have $21 million in dead money. If you know about the NFL and salary caps, you know what that means. If you don't know about it, you don't care, but uh, that's what they have. And what happened to doing the right thing? That's my question today about all this. Uh, there are lots of people in the media, locally and nationally, saying that uh, Brown did what he had to do to overcome a, an unfair system. Um, there, you know, what, what he did was uh, actually quit on his team, by the way, um, and uh, that was in the last week before a game that they had to win. And then he spent two months on social media, at least two, maybe more than that, uh, more like three, uh, on social media trashing. Uh, the Steelers organization trashing his quarterback. And then he got a really bad haircut and dyed it blue. That was uh, part of his plan, apparently. And uh, here's the best part. It worked because the Steelers caved. They were holding all the cards, the Steelers were. They had Brown's name on an exclusive contract. They had already paid him about $40 million. And they signed him uh, to a big money deal a couple of years before they really had to, based on the way the system works in the NFL. They did him a favor and, and because he was rewarded for being a really, really good player. But Brown saw other receivers making a lot more money, and he had to go for more. And the right thing, the right thing, uh, that would have been for uh, him to realize that he had signed a contract, you know, signed a contract for guaranteed money, and that the guaranteed money is payment for giving up the ability to move to another team. Uh, if you don't like the idea of somebody else making more money than you're making, even though you might be having a little bit uh, more success than he's having. Pro athletes don't like one-year contracts. Um, they like guaranteed money, but they don't seem to grasp the idea of a deal and how that works. Uh, the right thing to do, again, would have been to go to the Steelers and say that uh, he thought he had outplayed his contract, meaning outperformed his contract, I guess is a better way of putting it, and then ask him for an extension and then negotiate a deal. He did that, and he got a negotiated deal a few years ago. The right thing for the Steelers to do would have been telling him that they'd consider it, but what also would have been the right thing for the Steelers to do would have been to tell him that they agreed to a deal in good faith and that unless and until um, another deal is done, he would be expected to show up and play for work, you know, or not get paid. And they should have stuck to that. They also should have told all 31 teams in the NFL not to call them about a trade unless they were offering a number one pick. And they should have made sure that Antonio Brown knew that they were telling all 31 teams that that's the way it was going to be. According to some reports, they got an offer from the Buffalo Bills that included a first-round pick, but Brown said he wouldn't report to Buffalo. He didn't want to play for the Bills. So the Steelers should have said, okay, we'll wait until another team offers us a, offers us a first-round pick. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you won't be going anywhere until we get an offer for another, another one pick, a number one pick. So uh, the right thing would have been for the Steelers to reiterate that he had two choices, play for the team, the, the team that he's employed by now, that would be the Steelers, uh, or play for the team he's traded to, uh, or don't play at all and don't get paid the $17 million, I think, or 12 I forget. I think it might have been 16 or 17 million he was supposed to get this year. Well, the Steelers got played by Brown, and they played the fool. We'll talk to former player and agent Ralph Sindrich about that when we come back. Stick around. 
First Mortgages, Impact Mortgage Group, DBA Cash Call Mortgage, 19500 Jamboree Road, Irvine, California, 92612, NMLS 128231. Equal housing lender not licensed in all states, including New York. Call 855-657-9910 for licensing terms and restrictions. Okay, here's the deal. You're a freelancer, a hired hand, a self-made, self-owned business of one. Whether you're a contractor, creative director, or consultant, you're the boss. And that makes things easy. Unless, of course, you're trying to get a mortgage. When it comes to qualifying for a cash-out refi, gig economy workers come with more obstacles, more complexities, and more stress, right? Wrong. Dial 800-815-0745, and one of our cash-out mortgage specialists will help you qualify for the lowest interest loan possible, regardless of your source of income. It's the easiest call you'll make all day. Dial 800-815-0745. That's 800-815-0745. Make the cash call today. That's 800-815-0745. It's only March, and liberals have done nothing this year but, well, create chaos. Andrew Cuomo in New York, Ocasio-Cortez driving Amazon out of New York, Kamala Harris, they're all out pursuing their liberal agenda. Major corporations where you shop every day are using their buying power to steer America towards a socialist economy. If your cell is with AT&T or Verizon, your money is supporting liberal candidates. The ACLU, you need OUS, Planned Parenthood, you can support your values by switching to Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile offers the same reliable nationwide coverage you already have, plus they've taken a portion of their proceeds and support conservative organizations like the Heritage Foundation, the Susan B. Anthony List, and PragerU. Patriot Mobile has unlimited talk and text plans as low as $20 a month. It's easy to switch. Call 1-800-PATRIOT and mention Hugh, or visit patriotmobile.com forward slash Hugh, and they'll waive up to two activation fees. That's right, two activation fees. Join me and thousands of Americans. Switch today. The way you get your medicine prescriptions is now changing across America. GoGoMeds.com can deliver your medicine right to your door. Here's all you need to do. Your doctor gives you the prescription. You go online to gogomeds.com, put in your information, and make sure to include the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. Your meds are then delivered to your home, and you've saved money. It's that easy. No more waiting, no lines, no copay each month, and best of all, no wandering around the store aimlessly waiting for your prescription to be filled. GoGoMeds.com, the new way to get your medicine delivered right to your door. Remember that getting your prescription filled now means never having to go to a store again. GoGoMeds.com, GoGoMeds.com. Use the promo code MIKE2018 to save $10 off your first prescription. That's GoGoMeds.com, promo code MIKE2018. Obamacare, Trumpcare, ACA, COBRA, there are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. 
Well, I don't think I have to recap the uh, Antonio Brown fiasco. It's been everywhere in the media for about, I don't know, two, three months. May have ended early Sunday morning when the Steelers, May, I said, uh, have ended, when the Steelers agreed to trade him to the Oakland Raiders for a uh, third and a fifth round pick. I think it's been a great lesson in how not to do the right thing. I don't think anybody has done the right thing yet. Uh, Ralph Sindrich has been an NFL player and an agent. He also wrote a book about it called NFL Brawler. He joins us now. Thanks for being on with us again, Ralph. How you doing? Well, I'm doing well, John. Thanks for having me on. And uh, in that trade, uh, they should throw a couple of uh, shorties hot dogs. You know? <laughs> with everything on it. Right. I can't find anybody who did the right thing, as I said, uh, in this fiasco. Can you? No, no. Uh, I don't know how. It, I mean, look, uh, there's some people who come out ahead, and, and that's what they wanted. That's, you know, they're the ones yeah. that organize it. And that, that's Drew and uh, uh, it is client, uh, Antonio Brown. Drew uh, Rosenhaus. They came yeah. out of it okay. Yeah. And, but I don't see how this in any way helps players overall. Uh, I think it's going to make things tougher as you get down the road. Uh, but uh, and also shows just for players that uh, look, uh, you you got to take a hard stand. You can't you can't treat a lot of a lot of people like men uh, or expect them to fulfill their obligations the way that you understand them or contractually, and, and you operate a different fashion. Yeah, I, um, did the Steelers play the fool in this one? As I said, in the leading up to this. You know, I don't know. How, you know, look, uh, I'm a Pittsburgh guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm I support the Steelers, but uh, right. you know, I don't, I don't read it any other way. I don't think you can read it any other way. So, um, uh, wouldn't the Steelers have been in a much stronger position to negotiate if they had uh, said whether they meant it or not that uh, they would take nothing less than a first round pick, and that if they didn't uh, get one, Brown would be expected to show up and play? Wouldn't that be the simple thing to do, and then leave it at that? You know, it it it'd be something. Uh, you, you test the guy to see whether or not he would want to retire. Short answer is yes. That that would do it. Uh, his only option would be not to play any more football. Yeah, but um, they don't. Uh, you, you look at uh, some of the stuff that I'm seeing on the, in the media, and, and when I, I've been saying this uh, and on various and various venues on TV last night and on the show here and um, uh, on Twitter, and I'm. I'm getting a lot of pushback from it that it's pie in the sky. Some people say to expect uh, to uh, a team to go to a player and say, "Hey, we have your name on a contract. This is how it works. You pay, uh, you play, or you don't get paid, and we'll decide where we trade you, and that'll be it." I don't understand why they don't do that. Well, you know what? If this guy played for uh, uh, Al Davis and the Oakland Raiders and did the exact same thing, that's exactly what Al would have said to him really? uh, and would have done. I mean. It, Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those that, you know, look, uh, you, you put a lot of money in guys, you invest in them, you do whatever else, uh, uh, you expect the benefit of the bargain. Uh, you know, if comes contract time, you want to split uh, and, and really have a war then, you know, that's a whole different thing. But if you're under contract, you, you gave your word, it's an obligation, it's all part of it. And what, are we, what you, you had to deal with Dan Rooney uh, with contracts, didn't you? Oh, yes. What, sure. what would his reaction have been to Antonio Brown, do you think? Oh, I you know I, I I can't imagine I could only speculate, but uh, just what, what I know of the Steelers at that time, that would have been a bad move to make. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I, I would not have made that move uh, move or advise anyone to make it with yeah. Dan Rooney in charge. So if 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 fifteen years ago you would have been uh, representing a client and uh, your client decided that he had maybe outperformed his contract. 
and uh, wanted a deal, you wouldn't expect him to um, get the kind of deal from Dan Rooney that that uh, Antonio Brown ended up with. The treatment. No, and can, candidly, uh, you know, uh, I think I would have been a little timid to go in and even seek it. Uh, wow. You know, it's just it's just the way you know the, the organization operated. Uh, you know, and and you'd had to go back and, and first off. It would be beyond agony to have to deal with Buff Boston on something like that. <laughs> yeah, Buff was the old contract negotiator. Yeah, uh, yes, yes, he was. You know, and if you if you lit a firecracker under his butt, he wouldn't move. You know, that's the way he, he negotiated. Yeah, but that that came from Dan Rooney. Sure, it was it was always Dan. Always Dan to tell him no. Then Dan would come out and he'd smile and invite you to lunch and. And, you know, treat you like you, he was your your lost lost friend and buddy. But you know, he, he's had a policy, and it's why the Steelers uh, became what they became. And and that's not to say any of that's lost. And there are different styles out there mm-hmm. uh, with different owners, different coaches. Uh, you know, you I played under a coach. Uh, in getting into that, you know, Bum Phillips, who got the most out of his players and was able to put a lot of bandits together. And none of them ever challenged him. I don't know why. It was just one of those where. You know, he felt like if I treat you like a man, you're going to respond like a man. Uh, and and uh, sometimes that's not always the case. And what's the um, – uh, I, I learned – I had to go through some negotiations as a TV guy, and I had a big one at one time at my, with the first job I had. And I learned by accident, and it ended up paying off for me, that you never negotiate a contract unless you go in with a willingness to walk away. And the, right. the Steelers held all the cards in this situation, but didn't they make it obvious that they weren't willing to walk away with those cards right from the beginning? Yeah, I think you could say that. Uh, you know, at least, at least the, the perception that I have from afar. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those two. It, it, it's like how does an organization operate? I mean, there are just there are some that are more mellable, uh, friendlier to deal with, uh, uh, treat their players differently, and and I think the, uh, to their credit. Uh, that's been the history of the Steelers uh, under uh, Art Rooney II, and and you know, and they've had their success. I mean, you know, they, uh, they've won their Super Bowl. It's not like they win it all the time. But right. No one does, or very few. So you know, I don't know. You you, you can you can throw some stones uh, at what they have done, but at the same time, uh, there are certain areas and certain times that are laudable. And, and you know, it's, it's not. Is it is it a is it a comparison of uh, Dan Rooney and his uh, the people who have followed him, uh, Art Art the uh, second, or is it more a comparison of uh, I don't know nineteen ninety five or nineteen ninety nine to two thousand nineteen twenty years later? Is it wow. just, uh, yeah, those twenty years have gone past for me, John. So you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like a blink, uh, right? Uh, but but you know, you, you make you make an awfully good point, and and. Uh, you know, I really don't have an answer as to that. Yeah, I mean, I guess my question would be, when did a contract become meaningless in the NFL? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't, you know, honestly, I, I don't know, and I don't think it has. Uh, and I think that, you know, whatever you do, there's, you know, so how do you change that from happening? And, and you know, it, everyone has a different style, and you have to go with the style that you're comfortable with. I, you know, I was... Uh, very comfortable with the throw down, get in your face type of style. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I was a wrestler and a football player, a linebacker, so, you know, that was only natural. Uh, others were able to do it better and more effectively uh, in a style that was better than mine. Uh, I just never had that max. So I think you just, you know, you do whatever works for you. And, 
in, in this situation, though, I think when you have a couple of guys that are willing to go as far as they can go and, and uh, expose your underbelly, uh, I just think you have to cut them off sometime. Uh, had it been me, I would have I would have been in the street fight a long time ago. <laughs> we were talking to Ralph Sindrich, former NFL player and agent, and also wrote a book. And he just heard him mention uh, the way he dealt with it. He's, the name of the book is NFL Brawler. Title of the book. Um, and that's the way you like. <laughs> That's a catchy title, that's yeah, all. Yeah, that's well, that's the way you used to deal with it. But there's a difference between negotiating for a guy who's a free agent and trying to weasel a guy out of a contract that he signed, isn't it? Isn't there? Yeah, that's a big difference. Uh, you know, I've never been involved with anything like that. I would never be involved with anything like that simply because uh, I always consider myself a football guy. At the same time, when there, there was uh, a guy deserved uh, a raise, deserved uh, certain things, uh, I, I was always uh, able to go in and, and maybe get it done because of that. They're knowing that, you know, there's a time and place to do certain things. I mean, you know, this guy going on with the Raiders, look, it's John Gruden. Uh, you know, he, he, how many years? Uh, he has a couple of years that you know they were going to go for it all. They're not going to be able to pick up uh, a running back uh, because because they, I think they ran out of money after signing uh, their offensive left tackle. But right. you know they've made some good they've made some good moves. Uh, uh, but uh, in terms of a long term basis for an organization, it's idiotic to do what they have done and could come back and bite them in the tail. Yeah, you, know, you talk about the Raiders now that that it's going to come back yeah. and bite them. Why? Well, it, I said it very well could. Well, number one, because of the dollars that they're paying out and how they're doing it. I mean, it's it's like you expect the guys to come in and, and maybe it'll work for a few years. And, hey, if it gets them to the Super Bowl and they win it, then, you know, it's all worth it. But I think if you're coming up short of that, uh, and they have a ways to go, but if you're coming up short of, short of that, paying out all the money and, and uh, breaking the norms of the NFL – uh, to me, com- comes back to bite you on the team. Uh, you know, it, it's you're not having that continuity that that whatever it takes for a team to operate as a team and win consistently. And uh, I noticed that on Twitter, you said that you would not have Antonio Brown on your team. You don't want him. No, I wouldn't. I would. I, let me say this: I would. I would not. And I had opportunities to represent guys like like him. I would never want to represent a guy like like him. Uh, it's just one of those things. And I've represented guys. Uh, you know that 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 were pretty tough uh, in their negotiations. What they wanted, but they they were free and they weren't under contract. And and you know there, there were just a lot of other factors that went into it. Uh, they were leaders on the team, and and were they willing to leave? Yes, they were willing to leave to be treated fairly and uh, make sure they were compensated uh, well. Uh, and, and if if not at the highest of the market, if they deserved that. Uh, but but as a general rule, they were still team guys operating in the best interest of the team while they were employed and they honored their contract. Now, everybody in the NFL has been watching this, what's going on, especially now with social media, and they've seen uh, uh, Antonio Brown with the blue hair and the uh, the stupid videos <laughs> he's been doing. But they also are seeing, Ralph, that he won. He He got what he wanted. So what kind of a precedent is going to be set, not only for players – uh, who who and there's, there aren't going to be many players who are going to have what uh, uh, the kind of leverage that Brown at least thought he had. You got to be a pretty good player to even think you're going to get away with it. But there are plenty of star. Every every player has a, every team has a star player. So what 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 kind of precedent has been set for the for the Steelers superstars going forward and 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 for all NFL superstars going forward and their agents after seeing what happened with this? You know, I I don't see this thing working. 
throughout the NFL, uh, a few select teams with a few select players, uh, it could happen. Uh, but uh, I don't see that uh, uh, going on out there. There are too many teams uh, that would put the screws to you right away uh, back when it started to let you know that if you, you want to get down uh, and play dirty, uh, we'll do that all day long with you. And that's what those teams will do. Yeah, well, he's, an all, he's a Hall of Fame player. Um, but uh, the Steelers took a third and fifth round pick for him, so uh, you, you get the idea that there weren't too many people interested in dealing with him. If you if you want to put it uh, in comparison of how bad it was, John, uh, I was a fifth round draft boy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, hey, don't sell yourself short, man. Uh, but, you know, Heinz Ward was a third-round pick, and so was Joey Porter. And, uh, of course, I think uh, I think uh, some other guys, we could throw some names in there who were not very good were third-round picks. But, you know, it's a crapshoot. But um, but they, uh, the fact that the, the Steelers had to take that deal tells me, I mean, this guy's a this guy's a, a a really really good player. He's a great player, and nobody wanted him. You could if that's all you can get for him. I mean, that speaks loudly just uh, about what the NFL as a whole thinks about the uh, the deal, and you know that the Raiders are willing to go and set precedent uh, uh, by tearing up a contract and pay money. It's all on a short term basis. That's the mindset. I'm not saying it's not the right way to go. You know, it's it's like I have. Uh, if you're John Gruden, I have two, three years to win a Super Bowl, or maybe next year, or whatever. Uh, you know, I've been through this gig. Uh, being an NFL coach, in my opinion, is one of the toughest jobs out there. Uh, and I think uh, being being a sports broadcaster is no day at the beach. You know, having you know what I'm saying? Oh, no, I had to go it's, through it's, some stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think this, but I think this is a, a ex- extremely difficult. And you don't want to do this for the rest of your life. You've got to be a different type of individual. Uh, and I think Gruden's back in. He's making a shot for it. Uh, it's not his money, and, and uh, he'll spin it however he can spin it, uh, you know, two, three, four years from now. And I, I don't see him la- lasting more than four years. Uh, so he's going to bring in the talent and see if he can win. Well, he's got $90 million guaranteed for the next nine years, so he's, he's <laughs> not going to be worrying about the money. Um, I've said for years that NFL players, uh, based on the revenue produced by the league and the money that's uh, uh, out there, are greatly underpaid. Do you agree? Oh, without question, and uh, it's not even—it's not even up for discussion when you start comparing the average salaries, salaries of uh, our current players, and it, it becomes more pronounced when you look at the old-time players, especially in the NFL. A guy—a guy in the NFL. Uh, averages a retired player the guys who made the game the franco harrises mm-hmm. uh, of the world av- average sixty thousand dollars a year in retirement income uh based upon all those years of play and whatever and quite frankly you know that's the same amount that i get and and i think you know i think it's a bonus yeah. you know i feel like i'm stealing i feel like i'm stealing from someone <laughs> but, so so it's but it's one of those that yeah, you know, it, it's just it's not fair in comparison uh, to the other sports. It's because you didn't have a strong uh, uh, union, and then when you did have a strong union, you had a guy who said the old players uh, didn't matter, and he was an old player himself, and that was Gene Upshaw. Hey, I'm I'm uh, fresh out of time. I got ten seconds. Thanks for being here, Ralph. As always, do it again. I can I can say it. Thank you in ten seconds. Take care. All right. See you later. We'll be right back. Bye.
With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. Boeing stock fell 7% Monday after aviation authorities in China, Indonesia, and Ethiopia ordered airlines to ground their Boeing 737 MAX planes the day after one crashed in Ethiopia, killing all 157 people on board. Alan Deal, a former NTSB investigator, suspects the Boeing 737 MAX 8's automatic safety feature, known as the Maneuvering Characteristic Augmentation System, may have played a role in the crash. There's some training issues here. There's some design issues, as we know. Boeing says they've got some software fixes that they may um, uh, implement in the near future. But at this point in time, I think it would be prudent to ground the uh, aircraft. Uh, There are... I'm told 350 of them operating worldwide. On Wall Street, they're up by 200 points. This is SRN News. The following is not an actor, but a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. I was finishing undergrad and got credit cards because I couldn't work full-time. So that started the credit card journey for me. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. And then when I got married, we combined our credit card debt, and it became impossible to pay off on our own. At that point, I was like, I don't know where to turn. And then I found Trinity. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relief. I mean, in a matter of three years, we've already paid down $20,000 in credit card debt, which is huge. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. That's 1-800-990-6976. Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. We love it, too, when she finds us. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the answer Pittsburgh skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the answer Pittsburgh. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what is your favorite radio station? That's easy. AM 1250, the answer. You're an insurance agent. You're also an entrepreneur looking to grow. And what better way to grow than by being your own boss? Owning your own Farmers Insurance Agency has been called one of the best small business opportunities in America. With a nationally respected brand, award-winning training, and your personal experience business coach, your opportunity to grow is unlimited. No franchise fees required. Visit BeAFarmersAgent.com and start growing. We are farmers. The Allegheny. Institute's research, education, and advocacy work to defend taxpayers and businesses against the burdensome taxation, inefficiency, and intrusiveness of ever-expanding government. Our widely read policy briefs cut to the chase of the region's most important policy matters. Our blogs and Colin McNichol at large separate sound public policy wheat from the chaff of poor policy prescriptions. Learn more at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy thinking is challenged every day. Tax season is here again, with more tax law changes than we've seen in 30 years. But no matter how difficult your return is, William Egan CPA can make it easy. William Egan is the local CPA for everyday people. 
Bill and his staff can demystify your tax filing process for less money than the big national chains with work that's guaranteed. He's been doing it for over 20 years. He can do it for you. Visit SteelCityCPA.com. William Egan, the local CPA for everyday people like you at SteelCityCPA.com. Are you a responsible person who finds yourself growing deeper in credit card debt? Then get ready for a toll-free number that will put you on a path to financial recovery. Trinity Debt Management will consolidate your accounts and work with your credit. You'll save thousands and become debt-free for keeps. If your debt has you down, we should talk. Call Trinity at 1-800-990-6976. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the outbound Parkway, East delays Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and busy inbound County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. So congested on outbound Parkway West, Parkway Center Drive to Carnegie. Northbound 79 is heavy from the Parkway North up to 910. Outbound 28 slows down Veterans Bridge to 31st Street Bridge and Route 8 to the Highland Park Bridge. And construction shuts down River Avenue between 28 and East General Robinson Street. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. It'll turn colder tonight, partly cloudy with a low 23. Then tomorrow, it'll stay chilly despite a good deal of sunshine. I'm going to be 42. Partly cloudy, low 27 for tomorrow night. Milder Wednesday by quite a bit. Sun will be dimmed by high clouds with a high 56. Next chance of rain comes Thursday, but it'll be breezy and mild with a high 62. I'm meteorologist Frank Strait on AM 1250, The Answer. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, hearing or seeing guns and school in the same sentence, uh, something might get uh, something that might get people to cringe a little bit. But I came across a story on Time Magazine's website about a new craze in high school. The headline is: um, High school shooting teams are becoming wildly popular, and the NRA is helping. It was a story about the Minnesota High School State Championship Clay Target Championship, and it is boys and girls. Well, I mentioned that I'd like to do a segment on that on the show here. And my friend Rich Roberts, who went to West Virginia, told me about the success of the West Virginia rifle team. It's been uh, winning NCAA championships, and it got me curious. Well, Soren Butler is a graduate assistant uh, rifle coach there. He joins us now. Thanks for uh, being here, Soren. Hi, thank you for having me. So you guys just finished second in the NCAA championship that was held down there in Morgantown, correct? And uh, uh, that's kind of a little, a little bit disappointing at West Virginia to only finish second. <laughs> yeah, it was um it was a little bit of a heartbreaker for the team. I think the team had high expectations and you know everyone had high expectations. We had a great turnout and great event and um obviously we would have liked the results to be a little bit more in our favor, but um that's the way it works out, but uh it, it was a great event and a great weekend. But that's uh the the the, the rifle team there has had a lot of success, right? They have, Over yeah. The there's um, currently 19 national championships throughout their history. That's amazing. Uh, so it's a big deal down there, and I saw that uh, 2,200 fans showed up to see this event. Yeah, I um, I just talked with our match coordinator today and our event staff leader, Zach Eckert, and he said the number was right just under 2,300, so it blew away what we were uh, projecting, I think. And that's a, that's a record, I think. Um, so I... Can you describe how a rifle competition works? Uh, is there a men's and a women's division? How many on a team? How's the competition work? Absolutely. So we are, the NCA matches anyway. Um, there's only one 
there's only rifle as far as NCA is concerned. Now there are collegiate programs that are club teams for shotgun, pistol, and rifle. Um, but as far as that goes for us, it's a co-ed sport. It's one of the only ones in the NCA, and so both men and women compete at the same level, same course of fire. Scores are up against each other. There's even um, guys and girls on the same team. There are a few all-women's teams, but um, everyone competes together under the same format. And so it follows the Olympic style of rifle, so it's all precision. Um, we shoot two guns. One's a, we call it a small bore, but it's a, a single-shot twenty-two. The other one we call air rifle. It's a .177 compressed air gun. Um, these are all, these aren't just guns you buy, you know, from the local hunting store, though. They're all precision instruments. Mm-hmm. Most of them are made over in Europe. And um, air rifle is 60 shots in the standing position. Um, the best shot, you can shoot to 10. And then, um, you know, it's whole integer points from there. And so out of 60 shots, best score, you can shoot to 600. And then small bore is three positions, prone, standing, and kneeling with 20 shots in each position, again, for a score of 600. Now, is there any political uh, problem with political correctness here with this sport because it's guns and you know all about, you know, guns? Yeah, no, not not really. I think our sport does a good job of just focusing on the, 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 the sportsmanship side of it and making it about the competition rather than any sort of agenda. Um, obviously, you know, by nature there are a lot of... Um, supporters of of you know for guns and all that yeah. and um but as far as we're concerned at the school it's all we, we focus on the sports side of it how do you recruit i mean do you have scouts going to high schools and watching kids shoot we do so yeah so this was my my second year working on the coaching staff here um and so john the head coach and myself go to various matches throughout the year put on by usa shooting that's kind of the national governing body for our sport um, you know, that's the, the, the body that sends people to the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, there's not necessarily a professional track in shooting. There is people that, but it's, um, more on a, a circuit. So they'll go to world cups and world championships. And then at the end of the four years, the Olympic cycle starts over again. But, um, we go to various matches around the country. Um, John is from Scotland. And so we, he has a lot of lines overseas. We recruit people from Europe wow. and then, uh, across the United States as well. So it's a big deal. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, we're we're, uh, we're trying to do the best we can for sure. No, but I mean, it's uh, and it's highly competitive. Yes, very competitive, absolutely. How hard is it for a high school kid who's on a rifle team to get a scholarship at West Virginia? Well, it uh, you know we look at a few things. Um, obviously, scores have to be re- you know relevant and close to what we're competing at and you know we're, we're competing for a national championship and so um but even sometimes the the best shooters just aren't a good fit for our team and we take our team culture and um you know how our team works together very seriously and a lot of times if they're not a good fit it doesn't matter if they're the best shooter it's just not meant to be and so um but yeah scores they're not the only thing but they're obviously a big part and uh after that um you know there's only 10 10 firing points on our team so we try and keep it below you know 10 maximum and so um each year we're maybe bringing on two three people depending on how many seniors we graduated that year so um not a whole lot of opportunity every year but uh you know just like any other sport if kids willing to work for it and um do the things necessary you know it's it's definitely um a possibility well uh last thing for you um are there people there on full scholarship rifle scholarships 
So rifle isn't a headcount sport, meaning we don't give scholarships based on you either get one or you don't. It's all percentages. Mm-hmm. And so the sport of rifle gets 3.6 scholarships for each team um, at every school. So it's kind of up to us to divvy that out. And so very rarely will you see someone on a full ride. But between shooting and academics, um, you know, we push academics pretty hard. And so they're usually able to come in and qualify for academic assistance as well um, as their rifle scholarship. All right, well, thanks for being on, Soren, and congratulations on another good season. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, and that's uh, Soren Butler. Uh, he is a graduate assistant rifle coach there at West Virginia. And I, I saw this, as I mentioned, I saw this story, uh, Time Magazine's uh, website, time.com, I guess it is, um, and the headline was... Um, Shooting teams are becoming wildly popular, and the NRA is helping. Well, the guy that uh, one of the guys they're talking about is Bernie Bogan Reef. I hope I have that uh, pronunciation right. Uh, we'll ask him. He's the uh, Roseville area high school trap team coach in Minnesota. So, is it a craze? Oh, thanks for being here, first of all, Bernie. And is it a craze up there? Um, it is. It, it is a craze. Now, um, what what's involved in uh, this is different from I just uh, I don't know if you could hear I was just finishing up with the um, with the uh, West Virginia rifle coach and I know it's a completely different thing but you guys are shooting trap what's go what goes on with that and why is that so popular? Well, um, we shoot trap and skeet. Now our our team's a newer team, so we don't have we haven't added skeet yet. But trap and skeet are both. Uh, disciplines that are part of the clay target league. Um, in trap, there's a uh, central house with five positions on kind of an arc, 16 yards, that starts 16 yards behind the house. And all of the targets come out of the one house at different angles. They, um, they're all the same height, but they come out at different angles. And you have to shoot from uh, one of five positions you shoot five rounds then move to the next position and uh, the shooters rotate through so each shooter shoots 25 shotgun shells per round of trap Um, and then with skeet there are two houses and the targets can come from different directions and sometimes there are double targets uh, more than more than one target thrown at at essentially the same time that they have to address well, you know, it's interesting. One of the reasons I wanted to uh, talk uh, about this today was because I've seen uh, various stories about uh, there was a local uh, score, school board official here at a uh, suburban school who who wanted to get rid of uh, the rifle team just because he didn't want guns in the school. Um, and uh, it was only one out of whatever number of people are on the board, so it's not like I don't think it's going anywhere. But and I've seen other places where there are uh, people, politicians who are who are pushing to get rid of rifle teams. Do you have any issue with that up there in Minnesota? Um, not, not really. We, uh, this league was started in 2008. Well, it went back a few years before that. Ball was still in the planning stages. And since, uh, 2008, there were in 2008, there were 30 participants and three teams. And in, uh, the 2017, 18 season, um, there were 804 teams stretching across uh, 20 states. <laughs> Wait a minute. Say that. So, Give me um, those numbers again. Uh, well, in, in 2007 and 8, there were 30 participants in Minnesota with uh, three teams in the league. That's when the league officially yeah. got its feet under it. Um, in 2017 and 18, now nationwide, we have 26,000 
Wow. 425 or 26 participants on 800 teams, and, and they, they span 20 states. So uh, it started here. A guy from Minnesota started the whole thing. He was the youth director of uh, shooting for the uh, Plymouth Gun Club, which is one of the western um, Twin Cities suburbs. And uh, they started out by doing a survey in, in uh, cooperation with the Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, and they found that the uh, average age of the gun club members was 57 years old. Um, so uh, Jim Sable is the man that came up with this, and he came up with a way to recruit uh, new shooters, and that's how the league was born. Wow. Um, and, you know, the, the main thing that, that we look at with this sort of a program is that um, kids that are engaged in an extracurricular activity um, in school tend to be better students as well. So uh, our big goal here is to keep students engaged in the school process, and if uh, trap shooting keeps them there, we're more than happy to have them on our team. Well, and it says here in the story that the Minnesota State High School Clay Target League Championship bills itself as the largest shooting sports event in the world, and it came, and it started with three teams. Yeah, I believe there were, uh, it spanned nine days last year, and I believe there were eight, uh, something over 8,000 participants at the state. Wow, that, that's just amazing. All those, and those are, and these are high school kids. Yes, every uh, high school kids, uh, boys and girls, all shapes, sizes, and, and uh, you know, on our team, for example, we have people who are in, uh, who play football, who run track, who are in band, who play, you know, various instruments, and they, they come out and shoot traps, so... Uh, and we have kids that their only sport is trap. Um, and I'm guessing that since it's high school kids, that you have less and less trouble finding kids who want to do it because they once they're exposed to it. Uh, yes, that's correct. We started out um, three years ago. Well, this will be our third year. We started out with 15 shooters, and that doubled to 30 shooters the second year. And we haven't completed the registration this year, but we've got 42 kids that are signed up at this point. So it, it, it's growing on its own. We just have to make sure that we have enough coaches to accommodate that and make sure that uh, our safety uh, concerns are all addressed. Hey, Bernie, did I pronounce your name right, Bogan Reef? Uh, you nailed it. Hey, wow. Oh, I'm, I'm Stoggerwald, so, I, you know, I, I've had to deal with it. <laughs> Stiggerwald and all that, so yeah. I wanted to make sure I got it right. Um, but uh, Bernie is the uh, the coach at um, uh, Roseville Area High School up in uh, Minnesota. I, I, I'm just really interested in this because I, you don't hear anything about it. I mean, you hear very little about it, about rifle team. And even when I was in high school, I remember that there was a rifle team at my high school, but I never saw anybody shooting a gun. I, ne- I never witnessed a, 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 um, an event. But you're talking about thousands of people being involved now. And uh, with the the whole uh, debate about guns and the NRA, uh, it would seem like a politically incorrect thing to be doing. But if there's that many kids are coming out for it, their parents obviously don't have a problem with it. No, they don't. We've had overwhelming support from the parents. In fact, I've had parents approach me about starting a fall league. Um, a fall team there there's a fall league but starting a fall team because they'd rather their kids didn't uh didn't play football now just um for reference here in the history of the minnesota clay target league there's never been one reported injury that resulted from uh trap shooting um the main concern with the league is safety and we stress that to the kids and the league rules are that um you get one warning 
if you have a safety violation and if you get uh, a second safety violation, you're no longer shooting. So um, it's a very safe sport, and the parents uh, have been very, very supportive, and the community has been very supportive. We have a lot of community sponsors that uh, help fund our, our shooting. So it's, uh, it's been nothing but a positive experience as and, far as I'm concerned. And i got a little less than a minute uh, left here, Bernie. What's the, what's the male-female ratio of the kids? Well, in the first year, I think we had uh, one female. Last year, we had uh, four. I think we've got uh, five or six this year on our team. But around the state, uh, some of the teams have more females than males. I believe there's one town in northern Minnesota. I talked to their coach last year, and they had more female shooters than male shooters. Well, I think it's great. And uh, congratulations on uh, what you're doing up there. And I appreciate you being on the show. And thank you for the opportunity. Okay. And that's Bernie uh, Bogan-Reef, Roseville Area High School trap team, and they do some serious shooting up there in Minnesota. We'll be right back. Obamacare, Trump Care, ACA, COBRA. There are so many choices, but all seem to bring one word to mind, expensive. There are lots of changes happening in health care today. Fortunately, I know someone that has been on the forefront of health insurance for years, Todd Marley at Marley Financial. Todd and his team of professionals are licensed with virtually every health care provider in the country. They help determine which plan is right for you and then expertly help you choose the best plan for your needs and then do so prudently. Don't need maternity coverage? Call Marley Financial. Have pre-existing conditions? Call Marley Financial. Want just catastrophic or just accident? You know the answer. Worried about the penalty? All of Marley Financial plans are penalty exempt because they know how to design the plans. Most of their clients save 30 to 60%, which can add up to several thousand dollars a year. Call Todd at Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496 on the web at MarleyFG.com. Hi, I'm Grant Eckert from National Debt Relief. For years, you've heard us on the radio sharing how you can be debt-free in 24 to 48 months, often paying only a fraction of what you owe. But how does our program work? If you have $10,000 or more in credit card debt, personal loans, or collection accounts, you may qualify to get the relief you deserve in just five steps. Step one, our certified debt specialist will complete a free debt analysis. Step two, you'll select the plan that's right for you. Step three, you'll begin making one affordable monthly payment towards your enrolled debts. Step four, our team of experts will negotiate with your creditors. And step five, you'll achieve financial relief. We've already helped over 100,000 Americans resolve more than $1 billion of debt. We're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and have received over 35,000 five-star reviews. The best part is, we don't earn a penny until we've successfully resolved your debt. Call National Debt Relief now at 800-658-0988. That's 800-658-0988. 800-658-0988. Are you about to pay double for new windows, siding, or doors? If you haven't called Windows R Us, you just might. Many companies are overcharging area homes and businesses nearly double. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is more than a window company. They're the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, gutters, siding doors, and of course, windows. Windows R Us will never overcharge. You'll love their no-pressure approach, straightforward pricing, and the fastest turnaround in the business. Right now, get zero interest for 12 months and up to $20,000 on new vinyl, fiberglass, or wood windows. With options like triple-pane glass and names like Pella, no hidden fees or surprises ever. Your no-loophole lifetime warranty covers everything, including glass breakage, at no additional cost. Mention AM1250 with your free estimate for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? 
visit the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. What's inside your mattress affects its price, comfort, and durability. But most mattress manufacturers won't show you what's inside their products because they simply don't want you to know. How can you know if you're getting the best value if you don't know how your mattress is made? At the Original Mattress Factory, we believe that transparency is what's best for our customers. So we have open displays of each model in our showroom so you can see and feel the difference in our products. Visit one of our local Original Mattress Factory stores to see exactly what we're made of. Not so long ago, all mattresses had two sides, and for good reason. You can flip two-sided mattresses regularly, making them last longer than one-sided mattresses. So, what happened to two-sided mattresses? In an effort to cut costs, most mattress manufacturers cut their mattresses in half. For nearly three decades, the original mattress factory has believed that building high-quality two-sided mattresses is the right thing to do. Visit us in one of our stores or at OriginalMattress.com to see how our products are built right and built to last. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. How about this? I, I just um, <clears throat> just saw this after our after our um, conversation with the uh, the rifle coaches. Um, woman expelled. You see here, uh, looking at the computer. Woman reportedly booted from gun hearing <laughs> after threatening to shoot lawmaker and NRA members. An unidentified woman was reportedly ejected from a Connecticut gun hearing Monday after she was spotted sending a text threatening to shoot a lawmaker and NRA members. Uh, there's a picture of her text that says, If I had a gun, I'd blow away Samson and a large group of NRA. I guess Samson is the uh, is the <laughs> political official. And they uh, they took her out of there. Um, if I had, yeah. The woman appeared to be directing it at Republican Connecticut State Senator Rob Sampson. And uh, that's what, uh, that's the, they were there to have a little hearing about uh, things about update to safe storage laws, uh, some other stuff going on, and she, she showed up, doesn't like guns, and then threatened to shoot somebody. This is one last thing here. I had a little bit of time for this. I, I wanted to mention this because this is unbelievably stupid. Uh, Philadelphia is the first U.S. city to ban cashless stores. Lawmakers trying to protect all citizens' access to the marketplace. Starting in July, Philadelphia's new law will require most retail stores to accept cash. New York City Councilman is pushing similar legislation there. New Jersey's legislature recently passed a bill banning cashless stores, banning cashless stores statewide. See, here's how I don't under- what, what the things I don't understand. Um, if you this, the market would would kind of work this out, wouldn't it? If if they ban cashless, or if everybody went cashless in uh, in a city uh, or any any uh, locale, and you started noticing that there were people who were not able to buy things because they didn't have credit cards and and only dealt with cash, if you were a smart business person, wouldn't you say, "I think I know what I'll do. I'll open up a store and I'll put a sign out front that says cash accepted." Okay. Wouldn't that wouldn't that work? And uh, and then you'd, you'd make a lot of money because all the people who supposedly, according to these lawmakers, can't deal with a store that only accepts credit cards, they'd be they'd be knocking your doors down with cash. Unbelievably stupid, but they'll do it because it's politics. We'll see you tomorrow. The John Steigerwall Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group.